Welcome to Tamar Talks, where music is constant and discovery is endless. Now your host is ready to tell it all. Ashley Tamar. Hey, you guys. What's up? It's your girl, Ashley Tamar. I am so excited. It is uh, March. It's my birthday month. I know that's kind of like vain to say, but um, it is Women's Month as well. And I am celebrating 10 years from the first launch of my first album, My Name is Tamar. I'm doing a crazy 31-day campaign that starts this month. But I mean, it's all about the women. You know what I mean? And um, I have been sitting on some podcasts that I started recording last year. Not cool that I didn't get them out, but of course, we all have an excuse due to COVID. I am sending special prayers, love to anyone who lost anyone during this crazy pandemic time, lost jobs, lost income, and have had to navigate through it all. So I definitely want to make sure that I say that in a special shout out before I go on my brother's birthday, March the 8th, Nolan. We're kind of twins for a set amount of days. And then of course my birthday happens and I'm a different age. Um, But this episode is so special. She is such a jewel. She actually just posted that she is the vocals to a Club Monaco ad. Her name is Nikki Greer, and I couldn't wait any longer to not make sure that I got her interview up alongside some other women that I have on in the pipeline for Tamar Talks podcast. But I have been having a joy doing this podcast since 2017. I was doing podcasts before they were really like... Like, oh my God, oh my God, do a podcast. And so it just makes no sense to sit on this talented group of women and men that will come down um, the pipeline for Tamar Talks podcast. But I thought, what better way to kick off this year in my podcasting world than with Miss Nikki Greer? She is doing amazing things. She's a mother as well. She's married. She's beautiful inside and out. She has the patience of any woman I've ever met. Um, It's how I got into the Kanye West Sunday Service Collective. No comments about that. I had a blast doing that every second. Um, And so Nikki Greer, yeah, you know, this interview is so impactful and empowering, especially to women who are mothers, who are married, who might have had a dream before having a, a family. She has some great inspiring words for you. So please, I hope you guys enjoy this Tamar Talks podcast. This is the Tamar Podcast. All right, you guys, it's your girl Ashley Tamar Davis, and I am like sinus on steroids, so I sound a little weird, but I am so excited to, you guys usually hear stories from people that I kind of know and that I kind of don't know. Well, this lady, I've had an honor to meet. You just never know who you're sitting next to and talking to, and I'll tell y'all later about that, but we're going to get right to the chase because I am so anxious to hear how she keeps it all together, being a mother, a wife, a writer, a singer, a performer. I mean, she's like a turn-up queen. You guys, please welcome to Take My Talks, Miss Nikki Greer. <laughs> hello, hello, Nikki Greer. Great introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Girl, I am like so excited to hear your story. I say that about all my podcasts, but it's just like you're the first one on the writing side, female, 
black, the whole nine. And I'm just like, I want to hear more about this story. So we're going to cut right to it. So I thought it was pretty interesting. I'm trying to do my homework, you know, and I was like, I don't see, I don't see much on her, which I ain't mad about. She's probably trying to be incognito, but I really want to know, like, <laughs> where were you born? What was your childhood like? Like anybody who writes lyrics the way you do and as fast uh-huh. as you do, people would be like, oh, she didn't live the life or something. But I, I just want to know more about like your childhood. You could tell everybody before we get into all the stuff that you got going on today. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I am from California. Um, I am from Orange County, California. Uh, however, my dad uh, was a youth pastor in Inglewood, California, and I grew up going to a church called Academy Cathedral, which is right on Crenshaw and Manchester. So I grew up in Orange County, but I was in Inglewood four days out of the week because I had to go to every choir rehearsal, every event, every everything um, to sing. So I grew up like that, and I got discovered when I was 12. Uh, I was signed by Lou Adler and a lady by by the name of Maxie Anderson, who is one of Andre Crouch's original singers. She's also a songwriter. So they discovered me and put me in a gospel group as a child. So most of my beginning credits um, from that period are under my full name, which is Nikisha Greer. So you'll see a lot of stuff under that. But if you look under Nikki, you're not going to find anything from me being a kid. But that's how I that's how I got my start. So when you so first of all, hats off to you even saying names. I remember Aretha Franklin. They were saying that at her funeral how she was always good at giving names to faces of people who influenced her and who helped her. So hats off to you for saying, like, Lou Adler and Maxine. Like, I had heard of Academy Cathedral. uh, Academy Cathedral. I heard of your church a lot, but I know Mm -hmm. that it was very big on arts. Like, do you feel like even today, like, churches are still honing in on new talent? Or, like, because it it seems like that's where a strong foundation comes from people, like, in our generation. Um, I definitely, I mean, I can't really tell you much about the church world now because that, it seems kind of distant um, from where I am now. Uh, but I do think that that is where you hone your talent is in the church. So I would hope that they are, you know, looking at the young people and cultivating what is there because that's how I got my foundation. That's where, you know, how how to flat foot sing without all the riffing and all that really being able to convey a story and evoke something in the listener that an emotion, um, a call on their spirit. So I learned all of that in church. Uh, and whether I knew that I was doing that or not, I was, I was, I was learning a lot and I was building the foundation for what was to come. So I would hope that churches are taking advantage of that and motivating and encouraging and building the young people. Well, you kind of answered my question, um, so I guess I'll ask it anyway. Like, did you know at that time when you were getting introduced that, like, you could, you know what, I can make a living off of this? Or was it really just like, like you said, it was a learning thing, but you were having fun? Like, did you feel deep down inside, like, oh, I can do this for the rest of my life? Oh, I always knew that that's, that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I Since I was a kid, the moment that I started singing, I started singing at the age of two. Obviously, I don't remember that. Um, my dad had a gospel group called the Reflections of Christ. So I used to interrupt them when I was a two-year-old running out of the bath naked 
in, to go and see, <laughs> you know, with my dad. So uh, it's always been a part of who I am. My mom said that I would make up songs when she wouldn't give me a Twinkie. I would make up songs about how I wanted a Twinkie as a little kid. I would, in the car, my parents would be driving. Obviously, I couldn't, I couldn't really listen to secular music, but I definitely couldn't listen to profanity. So I had to flip the words to still be able to feel cool and sing the song that's on the radio. So that's always been like a part of who I am. And so I could never see myself doing anything else. I always knew that this is what I wanted to do. Did I know that it was going to, like, pay my bills? I didn't think that far ahead. I just thought this is what I really, really enjoy doing, and I can't think of anything else I would want to do more. Okay, so then, so it sounds like your parents were integral in your life, in your life mm -hmm. towards music. Yes, is that correct? Absolutely. Like, my mom, when I when I was signed at 12, my mom and dad, they were chaperones for my group, which was a 23-kid uh, choir. <laughs> you know, so there were 23 of us. Obviously, all of the parents couldn't be on the road, but my parents, you know, my dad has his own business aside from being a minister, so he was able to travel with us. My mom's work schedule was flexible, um, so they were able to travel, monitor what we were doing, and if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been able to do half of the things that I've been able to achieve. Like, I'm so grateful for them. They never shot my, shot my dreams down. They wholeheartedly believed in my talent and my ability, and they put their money where their mouth was. They put their time, you know, where 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 their mouth was every single time. So now, so, okay, so you started traveling when you were young, and so, so I'm, I'm going to ask a twofold question. When you got, like, your first check, whether it was $20 or $200, was it at that moment where you were just like, okay, I'm really going to do this, and did you have any ex expectations after getting that first compensation for whatever it was? Maybe you can tell us what it was where you were just like, okay, I'm going to live this out. And did those expectations change on your journey where you might have been like, okay, maybe I don't want to do this or maybe I shouldn't do this? Like, I know it's a lot in that one question. So first, let me just start with, like, when you first started knowing you were going to continue to do this and after you first got some kind of validation, whether it was a performance or a compensation, was it, like, all that you expected it to be right after you started doing that and made a commitment to choose to do so? Uh, I think that, so, yeah, that's it's going to be a long answer, too. I think... Because I got started in this um, business so young, uh, I think that for me, I, I do remember what my first check was. My first check, because the group that I was in, um, there were 23 kids in the group. So when we got our record deal, our advance um, split up equal to $865 a kid. So that was my first check. Now, at 12, obviously, I hit the jackpot. <laughs> $865, you know, um, but over the years, and and obviously at that point, too, I was just thinking like, yo, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to do all this stuff. And then as the years went on, like, what I don't think that people take account for sometimes is that, you know, this music thing, there are valleys and peaks, 
you know, whether you are the most successful artist or not, and it doesn't just mean valleys and peaks monetarily, but there are valley peaks, valleys and peaks as far as your personal life and everything that else that goes along with just being a human being. So there are times when it can be amazing and you can be doing everything you thought you would do and you can make all of this money, and there are low times. Um, and so I've, I have been through every single emotion with this, uh, with this music that I think I could go through, and I think that um, ultimately I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but have there been points in my life where I've had extreme doubts and just how I was going to survive or mentally how I was going to stay and stay and continue to do music. Absolutely. I've, I've been through the gamut. I've run through the gamut in terms of emotions with this, but at this point, you know, hell, I've been doing it long enough. This is what I'm doing. This is it. There is no plan B. Wow. Okay. So can you remember where you were when you wrote your first song and what was it about? And like, did the melody come first? Was it an experience? Was it a boyfriend, an ex-boyfriend, a friend? Like, tell us what that first song, like, like, what was it? What was the name of it? So the first song, I don't remember the exact title of the song. But I know the hook was something like, I know I'm only 16, but I can do whatever. And I don't even know if I was had turned 16 yet, but that was just, I thought that was going to be a cool hook. Um, and the song was, you know, basically, I'm not too young to fall in love with some boy. And funny enough, I always, I always was a melody girl. Like, I just love, I love melodies. I can just hum melodies all day, and they just bring me such joy. But when it came to actually writing lyrics, I was—I always thought that that was just, like, way too, like, scholarly for me to think that I could, you know, come up with some words to the melody. Um, and it wasn't until I got a solo record deal when I was 16 that um, the songs that were being presented to me were just so not me. And I will never forget this um, writer named Teron Bills, incredible writer, was writing my single. And he, and I was complaining to him about all the other songs that I was getting that just were trash. And he was like, you, ha you always come up, come up with cool melodies. Why don't you write these songs? And I'm like, I can't do that. You know, and he's like, yes, you can. And then every time he would have a session with me, he would make me write the songs. And that's how I even came up with the Silly 16 song is because he just started to encourage me, like, you got it. You have the melody, the words, is nothing. Like, just think about what you want to say. And so that that's my first song, and that's how I started writing. Wow. I think it's interesting, like, as women, when I talk to fellow female artists, period, I think it's just like, I talked with this with Liv Warfield, and I was like, why do you think it's not as many women passing the torch? Now, I'm not saying, not all of them, but I'm just saying most mm -hmm. of us, you know, um, what, before this commercial break that we have to take so we can play one of your songs, the Me Too movement, like, it's been so on the radar, and I think it's interesting, because once again, you just said it, it was a, a male who passed you the torch, 
um, and even gave you that confidence. Now, you, you, your mom was in your life and other women were in your life. But when it comes to people that are more established, I don't hear too many women say other established women passing the torch. Where do you, th- where do you think that lies? Because I got to where I am with the Kanye West Collective because of you. Like, I haven't even told that story. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that is? Do you think it's because we're not in position? Do you think it's because it's so male-dominated that we're not in position to pass the torch? Like, can you give an example of something where maybe you thought some women were going to help and it ended up being the men that actually helped? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, that's a that's a great uh, question. I think that for me, the person that discovered me is Maxie Anderson. And she is the one that really um, pushed me to, to sing and to be the performer. Um, and so she helped me tremendously grow. And she's still in my life. She's like a second mom to me. And she always encourages me to this day if I have contract questions or anything like that she's always there so I think she she is the only probably woman mm, there maybe were maybe one or two other women that I can think of in my career that have helped me but I just haven't seen as many women in positions of power when I was coming up I'm seeing it more now um, but when when I was like coming up as a kid just in my day-to-day, you didn't see very many female A&Rs or female executives. They were, like, you know, far and few between. And so, you know, the, the circles that I was in, it was really the men that could that could push the button. But thankfully now I'm seeing more women, a lot more women that are able to push that button. Um, I just think that in the past we haven't really been in those, positions of power from just from my experiences. Hmm. Well put, well put, well put. Okay. So y'all, we're going to take a break. I'm going to play one of Nikki's songs, Miss um, Nikisha Greer's songs, and then we're going to come back. We're going to get to the, uh, to the matters at hand of what she has going on today. Um, yes. This is Take My Talk. <laughs>
Ashley Tamar Davis with Miss Nikki Greer and um, I am so excited to hear her story like she's keeping me smiling over here Um, Nikki doesn't know this but I am so I tell her all the time especially when she crosses my spirit I don't really toot the horn that I've been blessed to work in the collective the samples Um, I just I think because I just love the ministry and I just don't think it's like something to just be always posting about but I have Mm -hmm. to say from the bottom of my heart if it was not for Nikki Greer I would not have even known about it um so that Mm -hmm. is why she is so important to me on this podcast because I was doing a pilot I just gotten through a divorce yes you guys heard it first I just went through a divorce I did a pilot did not know what I was going to be doing in LA sat next to her throughout this whole pilot she and this guy named Muzik were just having me dying laughing and come to find (laughs) out weeks later I was at an audition because of Miss Nikki Greer. So that is just like the foundation of why I have her on here. But she is a beast of a writer. I cannot get out a lot of songs out of my head because of her. Um, And she keeps me in worship in my own apartment. So we're going to cut to like her current lifestyle as a mother and as a wife and as one of the most like sought after people in the writing world. Um, She told her testimony to us and I want her to tell her testimony of how she got to start working with to me, which is one of the most God-driven vessels of our generation, Mr. Kanye West. Yeah. So, Nikki, tell us, tell everybody, I'm just going to give you the mic, tell people 
how you saw this in your spirit and then how it came to pass. And then you got to give us a hint as like, what, what's your favorite rewrite that you've done so far? And how does it feel to have an album charting, honey? Oh, wow. There's so much meat there. Um, <laughs> so starting, how did I get in Sunday service? So uh, Jason White, who is the amazing director um, of Sunday service, called me and asked me to just come, like, you know, do this gig with him for Kanye West. And I showed up there, and we, we learned some songs. We uh, sang some of the samples that he had on his albums. And when it came time to, uh, on the second day, I believe, he came to the actual rehearsal, he being Kanye West. And he was listening to what we were doing. And he's like, you know, yo, I don't want to say some of these lyrics. And so he threw a question out to the entire collective that was there at the time. At that time, there were only 40 of us. And um, he said, yo, if any of you guys have any ideas, don't be shy. Just throw out some lines. And um, he played a song, and I just raised my hand like, yo, what if we said this? And he was like, oh, I like that. And then it was just like, okay. And then... He said, but what would you say after that? Threw out another line. And he was like, that's it. That's what we're going to sing. And it was like, okay. And I, I remember, I'll never forget it. I got up after that, and I went to the to the bathroom. I didn't think anything of it. With two seconds in the bathroom, I mean, people are banging down the door. Kanye wants to see you. And I'm thinking like, oh, crap, what did I do? And I walk out, and he's just like, I want you to rewrite all my songs. And I didn't even know what that meant. I just thought, like, oh, for whatever this thing is that we're doing, these few songs, he just wants a couple words changed. But it was, like, more than that. It was, like, surgery on some of these songs to get them to be inspirational songs at that time. And that is how I started with Kanye. Um, it has been it has evolved into this whole other thing that is so amazing. It's so inspiring. Um, I feel tremendously blessed because I shared with the choir um, my testimony of me being a new mom. When I got into the temples, my baby was four or five months. And I was just praying because at that point I had been, I was on the road with Rita Orca until I was seven months pregnant. And so from seven months pregnant up until he was three months old, I hadn't been working. So I've been praying to God, I really don't want to have to go back out on the road to support, you know, my child. I want to be able to do something that I can stay home and something that uses all of my gifts. I'm not just a singer. If I'm a background singer, that's all I'm doing. But something that I'm an arranger, I am a writer, I'm a creative, I, I write stories. I want to be able to do something that showcases all of my gifts. And God did that and, like, so much more. I literally could cry every time that I think about it because he literally answered my prayers to the team. Um, and then... The last thing you asked me was what has been my favorite rewrite? And that is such a hard question to answer because 
I know that I'm writing these songs for for the audience and for other people, but I don't know. It, it They minister to me, and they have a lot to do with what I need to hear from God. Or a lot of times, I know I, I don't know. People might think I'm just sitting around just rewriting this stuff, but I actually, I pray. I, I study. I'll study my word for a few hours, and then I pray, and I ask God, to speak through me whatever he wants me to deliver to the people or I'm praying for something for myself and I end up writing a song. So it's so personal to me. Um, As We Pray is like one of my favorite rewrites just because to take that song from what it was and have it to be such a declaration about how walls can tear down as, as once we humble ourselves and pray, like that is just a powerful thing. And that's the thing that I've had to tell myself. Like, why are you worried about this? All you have to do is just pray and leave it there. So it's like, it's ministering to me as I'm writing it. And I'm just so happy that they can also be as effective when the masses get a hold to it. Wow. 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 You said a lot. Like, I don't think people understand (laughs) the boldness. It's like a God boldness that you have. Like, you know, and then just, I think people just fail to, fail to not even hear the fact that like you knew what you had, but you knew also that you didn't want to compromise and be gone as a new mother. And and my hats go off to women, period. Like when y'all have children, especially in this field and having a support system, and, you know, having to make the ends meet, you know, at, at one point, and then should I go on the road and da 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 And you were like, no, my heart's desire is this. So I hope everyone is listening. You're encouraging me. Like, whatever your heart's desire is, like, you just put it at the altar and keep going. And not to mention you saying you pray over the lyrics. It makes sense. Because I never really have songs that stay in my head. But when I text mm. you, just you and I, I really am like, I cannot get songs out of my head. And there's a few of them, like As We Pray and the Elastic Heart song. And it's just like, so mm. I, I can't keep saying I commend you for your obedience um, and where God is going to take you. And um, I don't know what else to ask after all of that outside of like, <laughs> what are you excited about now? You know, um yeah, like not saying you tell us your dreams and stuff. What are you excited about now as you're like kind of like, dang, I- I'm really doing it. You know what I mean? Like what's your legacy and, and how do you see, how do you see continue to add your imprint in the business? I guess. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, um, continuing to write, continuing to do operas. Um, getting into writing movies and television shows. I have like so many ideas as far as that's concerned and really making myself um, a force as being a female executive. That's really like, that's where I kind of want to live. That's, that's like one of my goals. I'm always a creative and I'm always going to be that, but I would love to be, one of those women that is able to press a button and open up the door for more, more young women and to, to be able to 
you know, offer some guidance or maybe a lot of the mistakes that I made in the past, I'm able to prevent some young woman or young man from making those mistakes. Um, and I want to have a legacy of good business. There are so many horror stories um, of artists um, dealings with companies and individuals that it's just shifty business. And then at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you've worked your entire life and you're a slave to the road um, because the business was so bad. And I would like to start something where I have a legacy of doing good business so that artists and people can retire and not be a slave to the road. If they want to go on the road, they do it because that's their passion, not because they have to. You know, so I would like to start that. And I, I, I would hope that more people would start just doing good business, you know, um, just because it, it works for you on your end because you have the upper hand is having some integrity and having ethics and having a conscience about, I know this person is talented. They don't even know they're talented. And they're willing to give me their publishing for $20,000 or $30,000, but I'm not going to do that because I'm better than that. And that I would like to set a precedent going forward so that we can just have a better industry on a whole. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think it's feasible. I think it's just a matter of the collaborations and people, mm-hmm. like-minded people. And yeah, no, I, I totally agree. What's something that you would say as a final question to youth who may not have the supportive system like we did and our parents um, who are in this today's music business um, who are writers or singers or musicians or what would you say from personal experience to all that you've gone through what is that one or two things that you would say to a teenager right now trying to get into the business um i would say to a teenager right now and study study your craft don't just pop words because it sounds cool, but actually study what you're getting into. Know the, know your music history. Know, you know, just just study. Study the great. Study the people that inspire you. And then take this thing seriously. You know, don't just make these, don't just make flyaway music. Make something that's going to actually sustain people, that's going to, that is, that is timeless. Like create, there are so many masterpieces that are timeless that um, have so inspired my life. You know, everyone from Stevie Wonder to Prince to Carol King. There are so many incredible artists and writers in the world. And it's like, let's just make something that stands the test of time. And then the next thing would be um, to just put it out, <laughs> you know. When I was coming up as a kid, you had to have a label. I mean, you could press up your own thing and sell it out, you know, out your car. But if you wanted to really make some noise, especially out here in California, you had to have a deal. But now you don't need a deal. And there are things that, you know, there still are a lot of independent artists that they're independent in quotation marks, but they're really being marketed to you through a label just under the moniker of being independent, you know, they're not. But that's not to say that you can't do it as an independent. 
put that put that music out because somebody's going to hear it and it might get picked up on a web series which leads to someone else hearing it uh and and or it just leads to making connections which just continue to you know it's like a tree your branches just keep your roots keep just stretching out farther farther and deeper and deeper so just be consistent consistently put music out and consistently practice learn practice learn grow evolve and put it out that's your best bet and if it's if it's good it'll reach people You guys, I cannot say thank you enough to Nikki Greer. I swear I'm living by her words day in and day out. I just have to say from the bottom of my heart, if you have listened and have gotten anything from this amazing interview, this on-time interview, I'm listening to it for the first time myself, and I'm like, dang, that's what we talked about last year? But anyways, it's your girl, Ashley Tamar. You're listening to Tamar Talks Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to all of my subscribers. I from the bottom of my heart, apologize that I have not been uploading, uploading, uploading. What is uploading? <laughs> uploading. <laughs> you guys get all my flaws on here. Uploading more podcasts, but I promise you there are some more that are on the way. I have Morris Hayes. I have one with Ms. Zakia Larry. It's just so many that I have in the pipeline. So I'm so grateful that you chose to listen and vibe out with us. Enjoy the music. Send me any topics that you'd like for me to talk about. And I would gladly like to do it. Anyone you want me to interview and talk to and chit chat a rat with. It's your girl, Ashley Tamar. Don't forget to follow me at AshleyTamar.com. Everything is on there. My Spotify, my Instagram and all that stuff. But if you're on Instagram, it's Ashley Tamar Music. Facebook is the same. And then Twitter is the... Ashley Tamar. And if you're on Snapchat, it's the Tamar Davis. I know it's so many of those things, but bear with me, guys, as I get them all aligned. Enjoy your week. Have a beautiful rest of the week. It is March, and I want you guys to march on and march forward. It's gonna be a new day.
close the door, turn off the radio Find the quiet place and shut my eyes Picture me in a space Where I have no doubt Time to turn off all the noise We'll let the outside in destroy All I have worked hard for Reaching stars that I know will take me far It seems so clear to me To be all that I ever thought I could And now that you are here Invisible to me 
And all I see is a newbie and queen You should follow your dreams Never let words lower your self-esteem How do I like the way you're wearing them jeans? You make me wanna sing, sing, sing Like la 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 How did you become so fly? No wonder there's a ribbon in the sky for our love And uh me crazy, got me dirty dancing Patrick's Swayze Yeah, you give me butterflies, you're lightening up my darkest skies Don't listen to them other guys, don't let them tell you otherwise I guess it's just another love, Jones, or you're proving me wrong My heart is where you belong, belong, girl These other women Why is everything a competition? You need to stop and listen Sometimes make up your mind To say you're not fine I must be legally blind Your body is art You are one of a kind And perfectly made And is designing, baby You don't have to prove nothing To nobody but him I know you thought she was your friend But she's a stranger And hey girl
something rare Your innocence is charming He seemed to really care to Love beyond what the eye can Seeing all my flaws and flares Before sin destroyed us From the first fall and all this snares So who are you? I know you never heard the words I love you so nice and pure Never felt butterflies inside Never had the softest kiss Never thought you'd say the words I miss you But you do feel this You take my breath away every time you touch me With sincerity I find myself glowing at the mention of your name Ever mine Ever thine
See you.